Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Senior Summit podcast brought to you by Senior Summit. I'm here today with Anna Lakin. Hi, guys. And Julia Lowe. Hi there. And she is with Cardon. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to have Julia on is because, so I'm fairly new to the industry. I've been doing this for two years. And learning about the different types of care was one of the most difficult things to to comprehend having no personal experience. So I've never had a family go through, or at least close family member, go through the continuum of care. Um, And having to sit down with people and and have them explain to me the difference in acuity levels and home health and home care and just the terminology is hard. Um, And Julia, actually, you do some education on the different types of care. And I'd love if you just kind of maybe in um if you say continuum of care for dummies i guess okay break it down that <laughs> yeah. i could do that yeah. i yeah. could do that so yeah so i work for cardon and associates and we do senior living um which is a host of many different things which falls into the um continuum of care for dummies so <laughs> there's all kinds of care and all kinds of terminology and there is never one fit um, that works for everybody. Right. So if you start from the least amount of care to the most amount of care, the least amount of care would be something like home care versus home health. So home care is when you have somebody that comes in and helps with ADLs or activities of daily living. So you might have someone come in and do a standby shower assist because maybe mom isn't as stable you don't always have time to be there in the morning when she's taking a shower because you work. So you've got somebody that comes by and just make sure that she is bathed and that it's safe. They might do some light housekeeping because if you have balance issues, um, getting down and scrubbing your bathroom is probably not the safest thing no, you can do. Right, right. Um, or just doing some light meal prep so that you know that your mom's getting nutritious meals. So right. home care is not any type of... Um, nursing care there's no medical no medical side to it um and it can be a host of many different things i always say that something that a lot of people try to hire someone to do that's not with a company not a great idea because it opens you up to all kinds of liabilities which that's a whole other podcast but um yeah so work with a company that has liability insurance and all of that when you do any type of care in your home right Then there's home health, and that is the medical side. So that could be anything from um, you can't get out of your house to go to regular appointments and get your INR checked um, because you're on some type of blood thinner, or you need help with um, an iron shot every week, or you need someone to come in um, and check your blood pressure or do some medical assisting, um, you know, three times a week. So it gets and a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. So can't some home health do like wound care too? Aren't there yes, some? Yes, they can. So yeah. home health can bring in specialty services. Lymphedema is a big one. Oh. Wound care is a big one. Um, any help with diabetes care. Um, hmm. Some home health companies use telehealth, which is wonderful, and that's a whole little system set up in your home. You know, you can step on the scale, and it's great for a COPD. Um, we really want to watch any weight gain, right. so it can send the information directly to the home health company. So it's a little bit better um, way of monitoring everything because you're doing it every single day. So sense. any type of nursing care would be um, home health related. And then there's skilled home health. So that would be if you've got to have... Um, 
IV antibiotics in your home. Anything that's a little bit higher level that requires um, uh, um, like invasive measures. Yeah, anything, right. yes. Yeah. Very good. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, and a lot of people don't understand what independent living is. And independent living is really um, senior living where you get no assistance, but you're part of a larger um, group. So it could be, usually it's an apartment, mm-hmm. could be a condo that's in a, like a cluster together, but it's really the importance of independent living is socialization, you don't have to fix your own meals, um, and there's somebody there to make sure you're doing okay, but they can't lay hands on you. So right. that, that's a big um, misunderstanding of yeah. families. They move folks into an independent living, mom falls, they wanna know why um, you know somebody didn't, quote, take care of her. And obviously at, a, at an independent living, if mom falls and we know, you're going to stay next to mom. You're going to evaluate the situation, call 911, call the family and stay mm-hmm. with her so she's, you know, comfortable and, and try to mitigate the situation the best that you can. Um, but it is not any type of nursing care. Right. So the main difference between, like, if somebody were to say, why would I live in an independent living community rather than just living at home, it would be that socialization factor. Um, socialization and also um, any type of senior living is set up to make a person more independent, which doesn't sound like it makes sense, but it's set up with the right thresholds on between the carpet and the flooring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The right, everything is set up so that there is more accessibility, um, giving you more independence. So it's set up to make you be able to succeed on your own. A lot of times people want to stay in their family home forever which sounds great except your family home might have 15 stairs to go upstairs um, or be a tri-level home or steps from the garage into the home and Mm -hmm. you know if you don't have that mobility then moving to an independent living gives you more independence because you're you have the ability to do more and to get around better yeah and your environment space supportive of that yeah Yeah. designed for correct your current state right Right. So then what would make someone, what, what would you want to look out for or identify uh, in an older couple that's in independent living? When do they move to assisted living? So depending on the independent living, um, some independent livings you can bring some home health in. So you mm-hmm. can make your stay in your independent living longer. Um, usually that's a little bit more affordable. Yeah. Um, and you might need help with one item you know one part of your care and so that it gives you the borderline between assisted living and independent living and you might as well stay in independent living as long as you can if you can bring in the care right usually when someone moves to assisted living they need help with three or more activities of daily living bathing dressing eating medication Mm -hmm. a lot of times medication um, reminders will help in independent living, but in assisted living, we actually administer the medication. Mm -hmm. There's a ton to be said for three meals a day and medication on time. It changes your life. Yeah. Right. So those would be really the the reason that you would move. Or if you had any type of memory issues where your safety would be Mm -hmm. um, a concern. So you might have beginning stages of dementia and you might forget that you can't drive. Yeah. So you're always going out to the parking lot 
to look for your car so that you can drive, right. you would need to go to an assisted living, most likely a memory care um, assisted living, because it's all about your safety at that point. Yeah. And yeah. there's a, there's differences in assisted living. There right? are. Yep. Yeah. So some assisted livings have very hard and fast rules on if you're a two-person assist, if you which means if it takes two people to get you from your wheelchair to your bed or any type of transfer, mm-hmm. or if you have any kind of modified diet. So sometimes people need to go on um, modified diets because of swallowing issues. Mm-hmm. So those are the two big um things that usually take someone from an assisted living to a skilled nursing environment. There are a few assisted livings that will keep that higher acuity setting um, and they just kind of adjust their staffing to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the time I'll say it's an assisted living that's an older building because it, that used to be the norm. Right. And with with so many different options in the marketplace, people have kind of um, changed what the norms are. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's a few assisted livings that will keep uh, higher acuity longer. Um, and that's great, as long as they've got the expert staffing to do it. I was gonna ask, does it require a license? So like if, if I'm assisted living, but now we are allowing a two-person assist, do we have to have a certain license to do that? You don't for that. So there's there's licensed and unlicensed assisted livings. Okay. There's unlicensed assisted livings that have licensed staff in them. So it's usually a home care company that staffs for them. When you have an unlicensed assisted living, some of them are fabulous. That's how assisted living started. Some of them, not so much. I would always prefer a licensed assisted living because you have more state oversight. So that yeah. means the Board of Health comes in on an annual basis and does a survey um, to make sure that you're following all the rules and regulations. You can file a complaint survey if you think something is not being done or something is being done that shouldn't be done. So there's a lot more oversight mm-hmm. when you have a licensed building. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think and it provides some security for families yeah, as well right. because we, we have this discussion all the time if if you go with someone who can accomplish your power of attorney but they're not sanctioned by anything or anyone well then there's no accountability and so if something goes wrong right and that's what it comes down to yeah it comes down to the accountability because there are unlicensed assisted livings out there that do a fabulous job they've always been unlicensed Mm -hmm. they've run like they're licensed and those are great but you've got some that aren't so great but you don't have any recourse. Right. Um, and so yeah. the accountability piece is why I would want to go with a licensed assisted living. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, something that you just touched on that kind of perked my ears up. Yeah. When you're talking about how how skilled nursing and skilled care has changed over the years, mm-hmm. how do you see it changing in the next 10 years with the baby boomers aging and being completely oh different generation gosh. and their parents and definitely um, much more hospitality based yeah so it's not your grandma's nursing home anymore and pretty soon it's not going to be your mom's nursing home Mm -hmm. so gone most nursing homes um, are a much more um, social environment than they used to be it used Mm -hmm. to be strictly a medical model we do the nursing and whatever else happens happens and you might get to play bingo and you might not Um, and now the social piece has become so important to people Mm -hmm. um, and to people's health because isolation is the number one 
reason that health declines for yep. people. Mm-hmm. People become isolated. They become depressed. Mm-hmm. Any health issues that they had worsen. Mm-hmm. So trying to keep that social piece of engagement um, in with skilled nursing care is so important. So hospitality um, is merging with healthcare, shall right. we say. So you're going to have more concierge services. You're mm-hmm. going to have much more engagement activity, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of things to, to keep people um, out of bed. Um, mm-hmm. And I always say upright longer. Yeah. The longer that you stay upright, the healthier you're going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And with, you know, when working with other professionals, do you feel like you're always trying to myth bust when it comes to what skilled nursing is and what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to put it. Um, You know, if people have been in the industry for a very long time, but they've only been in one segment of the industry, then they don't keep up with the changes in the other segments sometimes. Um, I try to visit our competitors and our partners at least every quarter just to kind of get a feel on what they're doing, what's Mm -hmm. changed, what's good, what's a challenge. Um, And I think that especially for folks in the assisted living world, they still view skilled nursing as your grandma's nursing home. Yeah, right. Um, there's yeah. so yeah, there's so many more um, communities that have private long-term care mm-hmm. rooms. Almost every rehab, um, short-term rehab mm-hmm. room is a private room. So it's just different. We have so many different outings and engagements mm-hmm. and education. Um, yeah, yeah. That the reason that. We- Anne and I looked at each other when you said that is because we did this focus group in the spring with the baby boomer generation had all of them sitting around this table talking about what does nurse what are their impressions of nursing homes right and and what they perceive as a nursing home is 20 years ago correct yeah yeah Yeah. so what do you think um so I see the greatest hurdle for this upcoming generation being convincing them that this space has changed or Mm -hmm. at least getting them in the door. Right. And um, so how do you see that uh, bridging that gap or getting those people in? I think the upcoming generation, which I'm pretty close to. um, (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm all about going to um, independent living when I in about 25, 30 years because I want people to do everything for me. Right. Right. So bridging. the But you're in it and you get to see that. Right. Right. So I think bridging the gap is going to be um, promoting and talking about the hospitality services. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to see more people that are more open to independent living which hopefully will open them up to assisted living Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know I I just always tell the story of my mother-in-law I took care of my mother-in-law for a long time before she passed and she really needed to go to assisted living and fought it tooth and nail and would not go Um, finally had to go to skilled nursing and what's good and bad is the last nine months of her life were in skilled nursing and they were the happiest nine months she had had in about six years Um, because she was around people. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had interaction with people every single day and completely random weird stories that there was another lady that she had gone to elementary school with in the same skilled Mm -hmm. nursing. It was so, it was wild because this other lady was nonverbal, had a lot of of health injury, 
like issues. health issues. issues. Thank yeah. you. Um, and so my mother-in-law found purpose while she was there wow. besides the fact that she participated in everything. She mm-hmm. was a widow, had been home alone, refused, you know, any type of anything. And then to walk in, I would, you know, go, go see her probably five times a week and she was smiling every single time I walked in because of all the interaction that she was able to have so I think uh, yeah it's an uh, it's I tell that story often because it's it's real yeah and it's what happens on a daily basis with people is they get to skilled nursing and it's not what they thought. It's not some dungeon, you know, where you're shoved in a bed and nobody ever talks to you again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not all drugged up. The whole point of skilled nursing is to give you the the best life in the least restrictive way right. that they yeah. can give. Yeah. So I think bridging the gap is going to be the hospitality piece of it. it we're going to have to figure out um, how to make everything a little bit more um hotel-y feeling yeah. I guess yeah they're fun yeah yeah because like in that uh focus group that we had everybody was just talking about well I love to volunteer or that uh, I want to travel and go to axe a new throwing and, and yeah like, there's all kinds of I've stuff always wanted to study you know World War II history let's yeah, yeah. so yeah. education yeah and just yeah, so that's that. built in already to so many yeah. places. Um, we have the reserve at Hamilton Trace, which is our independent living mm-hmm. apartments, and we have cottages, and we have a volunteer group there called SWAT, and it's seniors with available time and talent. <laughs> that's and great. It's great, <laughs> and it's probably grown to maybe 35 people, and I'm telling you, these folks are hard to keep up with. They volunteer at food pantries, the Humane wow. Society. They help with the Parks Department. They... They, they just want purpose. They want right. purpose. They do everything, and they have so much fun that, I mean, we're constantly looking for something else for them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. It is. And in this space, I feel like a lot of other professionals are working with that adult caregiver, like you were talking yeah. about, um, how you were in that role with right. your mother-in-law. What advice would you give to other professionals to say, like, how would you convince – that adult child that this is something that they need to take seriously moving into an assisted living or an independent living to get my question like, or themselves how do you how do you help that adult caregiver help their family have, 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 a hard have that conversation, conversation. okay and, got it right, got it got it right. well first of all um females drive all healthcare decisions um so it's the daughter the daughter-in-law the mm-hmm. granddaughter the wife generally drive all healthcare decisions so you don't know what you don't know number one mm-hmm. so talking to that caregiver about looking for signs that mom or dad might need extra help mm-hmm. so you have to do kind of tricky things like looking in their cabinets and seeing what groceries are there mm-hmm. count how many cans of green beans because if on Monday they have six cans of green beans and in two weeks they have nine cans of green beans they're buying the same thing at the store out of habit mm-hmm. but they're not eating right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so there's things where you need to really look and and see are they truly eating because you can talk to someone on the phone all day long right, mm-hmm. right. and they're going to tell you they're fine and they had a great breakfast and they had this for lunch 
And the problem is they might not really have that or they might fix it but be too tired to eat it after they fixed it and take a look at their medication. So if it was filled on the 30th Mm -hmm. and today is the 15th, how many pills are left? Are they taking their medication? Are they taking it on time? Or Mm -hmm. too much. Or too much, right. Yeah, Yeah, it's um, my mother-in-law used to set out her pills in a pill bottle cap. I'm not quite sure why that's the mm-hmm. vehicle she chose but um so you would look and she would always have this medication next to the sink where she always put it the problem was it was the same pills for five days because she would forget to take her medication mm-hmm. oh. or she would take it and reset the pills up and take it again right yep. because she forgot she had taken it right, right. um so things like that to look for um again three meals a day and medication on time make a world of difference for someone. So if you've got to have that conversation, always do it um, respectfully mm-hmm. um, and ask mom, what would what are your wishes if you get to the point that you need help? Mm-hmm. And they're probably already at that point, but right. asking them what their wishes are mm-hmm. first, because then you're gonna find out how big of a battle you have on your hands. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah. And I would say bring them to different activities at different places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, see tour places, do a lunch tour. Um, you know, see what you can do to get some engagement. Um, l- ask if any of her friends have gone to an assisted living and right. yeah. go to those assisted livings so that yeah. she yeah. can feel like she's got a sense of community. Right. Yeah. Right. I think every and every case is just so different my grandmother's uh 93 this year yay and so we can't ask her friends because <laughs> she they've all predeceased her right right and um literally all of them and so um we just we take her to grandma's school at this point and it's uh like just adult day center i love it yeah. but she sees it as grandma's school and I she loves love it that. and it's but it was different than we're gonna go to the senior center right that set of words turned her off completely grandma's school okay that sounds good because the yeah. kids go to school all day so there you go. <laughs> that's that. good but yeah. that that brings up a really good point about adult days and we didn't speak about that yeah, yeah. so there's a lot um there's not enough adult days, mm-hmm. um, but there's right. more coming around the corner. Yeah, yeah. But so an adult day is not just for seniors, but mainly for seniors. But there's some younger folks that go to adult days too. Um, and they can be fabulous because it gives you that engagement. And then you still get to go home to your home at night. Right, right. Yeah. Or with your, like my grandmother, she doesn't have a home of her own anymore. She stays with us. Um, bounces between family members and so yeah. she gets to come home to the kids and yeah. familiar faces and yeah. but it like gives that. her consistency gives her a safe place to be during right. the day gives her nutrition right mm-hmm. gives those caregivers does, a break right yeah. does cardon do any sort of like we don't do an a, any type of day program but we do respite stays so that's really important you brought up the caregiver break mm-hmm. right. so you know um we all like to think we can do it all, right? Especially right. women. We all think we can do it all, but yep. we really can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you can't Just do it all. Earlier yeah. So um, a lot of times you've got, especially with married couples, one spouse taking care of the other. 
and it can really wear wear you down mm-hmm. um, and you have to take time for yourself Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of times you can do a short-term respite stay at either an assisted living or a skilled nursing. Um, I used to have a, a wonderful family that they did a family vacation without grandma every year because grandma couldn't do it. Grandma came to the assisted living and she stayed for two weeks oh, that's great. every yeah, single that year. Great. And she knew she was coming to stay for two weeks mm-hmm. and she was fine with coming to stay for two weeks. Well, then we did it twice a year three times Just a year dipped her toe in yeah and yeah. then she ended up moving in and you know it was it was wonderful for her yeah because um you know she didn't want to hold her family back from going on vacation and having fun and they needed that break yeah right. yeah so right. respites that's are a good awesome. way to go there too yeah right. so i think that's um in the professional space that's a good way to spot an adult child or a loved one who needs a break mm-hmm. is offering up that respite yes. care. That's a good introduction into a care setting. Yeah. It is. And um, and they need it. And having that discussion with that person. So if I'm a financial planner and you're the caregiver, maybe spouse, maybe adult child, whatever the right. case is, and we're talking about mom's finance or wife's and, or couple finance, and I can recognize your fatigue if I can intro you into this, absolutely, you might be able to make a tougher decision when it comes to finance down the road because you gave yourself the break. Right. Or right. you might be able to just get a refreshed idea of kind of where yeah. right. you stand and things. And, and that's, an ex- that's something that I really wanted to talk about today is something you're really good at and that we're trying to do with Senior Summit is this notion of collaboration you I mean Julia you can't see everybody can't see me pointing <laughs> she's but, pointing at me yeah uh-huh. but you're very good at at talking with other professionals understanding everybody else's role in that continuum of care or the long-term care process and you're also really good at even though they're you know you you Cardon has so many different communities and levels of service you're good at saying this may not be the best fit for mom or dad but there's a community out there that is why don't you get in touch with so-and-so somewhere else like you recognize that there's enough business to go around and how can you work with other professionals I guess that's something I would love to hear you talk about is you know there's um my husband's been in sales his whole life and um, I think back to he has customers that were his first customers when he was 21 years old that he still gets Christmas cards from right yeah because he always did what was right for them. Mm-hmm. And I think as a professional, you know, we all have um, sales goals. We all have quotas. We all have things that we have to do because we have to right. generate business because that's our company, yeah, yeah, that's right. the job. That's how our company pays yeah. the bills, and that's how we take care of people. But as a professional, if you really want to do the right thing, it will come back to you ten times over so right i cardon and associates does not have everything for all people we just don't mm-hmm. um, we do a great job at what we do and sometimes we don't have availability or sometimes we don't have the service that someone needs so when i came into the industry i wanted to know everything i didn't want to just know about i started in assisted living i didn't just want to know about assisted living or just want to know about what my assisted living did i wanted to know what everybody else did because that's how number one to be honest that's how i could sell against them mm-hmm. you can't sell against your number one competitor if you, if don't, you don't know, know what they do, they do. Right. um but also because what would i do with someone i mean these are human beings what would i do if i couldn't help somebody 
So I really have tried to stay in touch with the industry. So my advice for especially anybody starting out in the industry, start with your competitors. Have coffee. Find out what they think they're the best at. Find out what they think is the most challenging. Then visit every single other person in your market that you possibly can. Um, and there's nothing wrong with collaboration. So I might, if I had someone come to me today and um, they needed a skilled memory care bed in Hamilton County, I don't have one. Mm-hmm. So I can just say, I can't just say to a family member, oh, sorry, can't help bad you. luck, can't help you out today. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of the time, especially with memory care, that family member is is at their breaking point yeah. and mm-hmm. they need help and they need it now. And mm-hmm. I can't tell them that I can put them on a list and in six months I can call them if and I have an opening, right? right? Yeah. Um, so I have to know who in my market, who in my industry does skilled memory care, mm-hmm. who takes maybe a higher acuity than what we would take, who takes that um, behavior and that's really important to know in this industry because with all different types of dementia, there are some challenges and and some buildings can't take that challenge and some can. So you need to know who can yeah, um, right. and who can't. Right. So I'm, And you can't be the yes man. Like I've seen and right. met so many people who are the yes, 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 I can take you, I can help you. Yep. And we had a case, a family, and the gentleman, um, he felt trapped. And so he went to the tool box of this community and got out the tools and opened his window and got out of the window and walked all the way across the street to the grocery store and then forgot where he was forgot how to get home oh my god and it's all because there might have been a time when he was a yes to that community right but he had cognitive decline and so rapid right that that was no longer a good fit or maybe it wasn't in the beginning i don't know but um, I just don't think in this industry where there's no scarcity of a market that we're right. serving. And you can't say yes to everybody Correct. and try to do everything. Right. Well, you know, if you say yes all the time and you move someone into your community or you take someone as a client and it's not the right fit, it's going to be bad for both of you. It's, yeah. gonna, it's going to could possibly harm a human yeah. being, right, right? right? Which is really not a good thing. Um, it can harm the reputation of your business. It mm-hmm. can harm your reputation. Yep. It can cause a lot of ill will. So if you just help get the person to the right place, mm-hmm. um, it's, it works out better for everybody. I have a um, financial planner who has called me for five clients in the last three months oh, in wow. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like wow. rainstorm, right? Well, um, good and bad, I haven't been able to help any of those five families get to a Cardon community. Now, would I love to? Absolutely. Right. But I didn't have what they needed in the location where they needed yeah. it. So I did the next best thing is I found them what they wanted, where they needed to be, mm-hmm. right. and worked with another community to get these people whatever they That's needed. Awesome. Now, one day they might need skilled nursing and they're going to come to me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this financial planner, he is still going to call me yep. whenever he needs a resource, needs an answer, needs placement, um, because I'm always going to do what's 
best for the human being. Right. And I think for professionals, we are all in a sales role. I mean, and that's okay. Sales is not a bad thing. No. Um, income is not a bad thing. Profitability mm-hmm. is not a bad thing because that keeps care in yeah. process, right? right? I mean, yeah. if you don't make any money, you can't pay people, you can't keep your doors open. Right. So it's a good thing. Um, but if you work collaboratively with your partners in your market, it's going to be, it's just going to work for everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So with that notion, um, or with that notion, what would you say is one of the biggest mistakes that you see professionals make? Is it saying yes all the time or? Um, it's a hard question. That's a hard question. I think um, sometimes people say yes because they don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they don't know, right? right? I mean, it's the way it is. And sometimes people say yes because they need that move-in or that mm-hmm. client mm-hmm. or whatever they need. Right. So that um, that's a hard thing for people. You know, if you've got a quota and you're one away from reaching your goal and mm-hmm. somebody walks through the door or somebody calls you on the phone, um, it's really easy to say yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not yeah. going to be a good thing in the long run. Right. right. And, I've, and I think that's a responsibility, too, of leadership to right. make that. Yeah. You know, that's an important distinction to make. Hitting your quota is important, but the safety of your patients and clients right. are. Right. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's hard. You know, you say um, you have somebody call you and, and you really want to help them, but you don't have what they need, but you think you can kind of mishmash the services right. together. Right. So you say yes because you're trying to help the family, but you don't want to take all of the staff time for one resident and put mm-hmm. the other residents at risk, or you don't want to have something happen that's just a bad fit. Right. Well, right. and you don't want to make a short-term solution. Right. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, it's it's not an ill-intended move Correct. They're, they're trying to meet a certain goal they know that they do have a service that they can provide maybe it doesn't meet all the needs but it meets some and so they may move professionals may move a person in or make a recommendation right. that they move in and then that person maybe doesn't have the funds right and they're not looking at that long-term picture right or whatever the case right. is now, sometimes a short-term situation is still the best situation. Yeah. So sometimes getting mom or dad to somewhere that is safe yeah, while better. you're working on the yeah. solution is a great plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just for professionals, learn your market and do what's right for the client, not what's right for you. Right. And yeah. that ultimately should be what's right for you yeah and should give you um great business stability and Mm -hmm. a good reputation Mm -hmm. and good partners to work with right right Right. well i mean i think that's a great place to end what do you think yeah any other questions yeah well julia you should tell everybody how they can reach you um Cardon's website. Yeah, so um, Cardon and Associates, our website is www.cardon.us. So it's a little bit different ending there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see all of our services. You can choose um, any of the communities that are near you. You can also go to our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot going on, and we post a lot on our Facebook page. So take a look at that. We're also on Twitter, Cardon Senior Living. 
So lots yeah. of What about ways. if a professional wants to just reach out to you, maybe to collaborate? Sure. Yeah. If a professional wants to reach out to me, they can email me at jlowe, ha, um, <laughs> J-L-O-W-E, <laughs> at cardon.us. Yeah, I don't have her looks or her money. It's <laughs> such a shame. Um, or you can call me at 317-619-7511. Perfect. That's great. Well, everybody, um, if you need to look into Cardon, please do so. Reach out to Julia if you have any questions. Um, comments, please leave yeah. them as well if there's something that you want to ask her or uh, if there's a topic that you you hope that we can bring her back on for in the future. That would be great, too. Uh, you can also visit our website at usaseniorsummit.com, um, and you can find us in a couple weeks on all your major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, iTunes. Um, awesome yeah anchor yeah all of them all of the above (laughs) thanks guys thanks